Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the next episode of the Design Build Podcast. I'm super excited you could be here. Once again, I'm one of your hosts, Eli Tomlinson, here with my co-host, Brittany Krogan. And we're excited to talk to you about some different pricing models and different pricing structures that um, different contractors use, uh, designers use, just to kind of help you understand better what to look for or what to yeah look at when you're getting numbers from a contractor, what that actually looks like, or what you should expect to see. And generally. how to build your budget. And how to build your budget accordingly. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> look forward to talking to you guys about that. And yeah, Brittany, you got a hot take for us? Yes. So this is based on a conversation this week. Um, hot take on... Bring your mic a little closer. Hot take on soaking tubs. Soaking tubs? Yeah. Or jacuzzi tubs if you are of a certain age. <laughs> I would rather just sit in a hot tub. Okay. Uh, I think... So, like, primary suite must have essentials. I think a soaking tub... Okay, so let's define real quick. Soaking mm-hmm. tub is going to be different than a jacuzzi tub. Okay, but let's just say a big bathtub in the primary suite. I'm a fan of that. Okay. I am a fan of that. Uh, I'm a big guy. I don't know if you can see this on camera, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm a bigger guy, and so... I actually like taking baths from time to time. Okay. Um, I usually shower first because I hate the fact of, I hate the thought of like sitting in my own filth. Um, So I shower first and then I like to take a bath sometimes, but I can't do that in a normal size tub. Um, One, because they're usually too short in general. Nobody has a fun time in a five foot tub. Yeah. And so. Those are for washing babies and dogs. Exactly. I don't even know that I do. I don't even like doing a dog in that. Uh, I have never, but I mean, it sucks. People do things. It sucks. People um, let dogs sleep in their bed. I don't. That's disgusting. I don't. That's another hot take. Uh, I wasn't born with that part of my heart, but I. It's that's normal. I wasn't born with the part of my heart that would consider a dog a family member or a child. Let oh me gosh. let me specify child. That I don't. Would I don't a think you're a child. I don't consider a dog your child. I'm gonna. I consider it your pet. I'm gonna plead the fifth, and I'm just gonna warn you. That type of talk. I know could get me canceled. Yeah. Um, that's, anyway, that's soaking tubs. Let's not, go. <laughs> that's not even what we were talking uh, about. So I, I like the idea of a soaking tub. I don't really like the idea of like a jetted jacuzzi tub. One because it's just an, another mechanical thing to go wrong, and ninety percent mm-hmm. of the time. Um, like every jacuzzi tub I've taken out of a house during a remodel, so it's always like, like one, yeah, there's bugs or there's something living inside of it. And two, usually the homeowner hasn't used it for like four or five years because it's broken or something stopped working and they don't know how to fix it or they don't know who to call or sure. whatever it is. And so I just find like the mechanical piece of that um, and just trying to take care of it. One, people don't take care of it because it's in their house and it, you know, they figure it's just a tub. But you still have to, you know, run the sure. jets consistently and clean it like clean normal, it. just like you would a hot tub. Like you still need to run things through your jets to clean them. But most people don't do that. So I just generally don't like jacuzzi tubs and homes. I think a hot tub outside, a jacuzzi tub outside or a jacuzzi outside. Great. I love it. You know, there's a whole service industry that takes care of hot tubs um, and it's really easy to get someone out there to fix it. But mm-hmm. there's just like less... Um, like most of the time, it's just less people know how to take care of a jacuzzi tub. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually they just end up broken and I tear them out and I put in a shower. That's usually what happens. So what about you? Um, I am like 
a pauper. I have never, as an adult, lived in a house with a master suite that mm. has like a big tub. Okay. So this is like, this is not part of my daily life. Mm -hmm. Like taking a bath is not something that is built in. I don't know that I'm like missing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, like maybe my life would be dramatically different if I could only take a bath when I wanted mm -hmm. to. But it is like a treat whenever I book like a room or anything like mm -hmm. this. Like I want a big old tub and, and I, yeah, it's a treat. So like personally, it's not even on my radar of mm -hmm. things that I want. Like I would rather have a huge shower, mm -hmm. you know, with the bench, with the full thing, than the like four piece bathroom yeah. with the, with the tub too. Um, for clients, I feel like it's completely a personal preference. Um, I don't believe that it relates to or ties into resale value the way that like mm. a realtor will tell you it does. Yeah. Um, because in, the market that I work in, mm -hmm. it seems like it's 50, 50, okay. like people either want a tub because it's part of their daily routine or they not even at all. It yeah. sits there and collects dust and they hate cleaning it and they don't use it. I could almost see like the soaking tub making a difference in the sale of a home, but, but that's just, yeah. I, I'm not a realtor. I don't know. Right. So, but I was in my mind, I'm thinking more so on the just like just the taking care of things. Like I would much rather buy a house with a soaking tub than a house with a yeah, jacuzzi tub. Yeah, and I you can't know. even remember the last time I put. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like the air therapy tubs, which again is a mechanical component. Mm -hmm. um, but those are really, really rare, mm -hmm. and they're mostly people that are wanting like the hydrotherapy. Like they yeah. actually know what they want and why they want that mm -hmm. as and opposed use to, yeah. yeah, as opposed to like the jetted tub the fun just, spot. Yeah. Thing. It's just a luxury um, that they think they want. So soaking tubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, mm -hmm. it's either a soaking tub and a big shower or save the space and, and just, just do, do like shower. the whole car wash shower. Kind yeah. Of thing. I agree with you. So, I'm not going, yeah, exactly. I'm not <clears> going <throat> to reduce my shower's footprint to put in a soaking tub. See, that's, yeah, that's where I'm like, is this a hot take? Because there are people, yeah. and I think I think realtors on that end especially will tell you, like, you got to do it. Get mm -hmm. a smaller shower Need and put the soaking yeah, tub in. No. And I'm like, no way. Mm -hmm. I, do the shower, do it right. Mm -hmm. And if you have room for a tub, absolutely. Yeah. Let's include that because mm -hmm. it's a relatively small bump mm -hmm. as far as, the components that you're purchasing, yeah. you know, it's a couple thousand dollars mm -hmm. um, for a really nice tub. And again, depending on the yeah. way you want your tub filler set up. So we're looking at like less than $5,000 on mm. a master suite remodel. That's, that's a fraction of the budget. Yeah. So if there's footprint and space and money, do it, mm -hmm. but get the shower right. Yeah. I would much rather have a shower. I, I mean, I'd much rather have a shower with like 17 heads, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have my master shower have its own hot water heater just so that I could just, <laughs> just, just get jetted from everywhere. <laughs> like that, I would much rather do that than Ooh. reduce that shower space for a soaking cup. It I'm going to add a second hot take because okay, I'm having fun. Uh -huh. um, rain heads. Um, I do like them. I like the idea of them. I I have not lived in a house that has one, so I can't like Have you speak, used them like at a hotel? But I have used them at a hotel. I like the rain heads. I guess I want the option. I don't want it to just be a rain head. No, like the center mount. I know. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want it to just be a rain head. I want to be able to control a head on the wall as sure. well. Yeah. Because the rain head, I think it feels nice. It's kind of cool. I think it looks cool too. Um, I hate it so much. But I would rather be able to control heads on the walls um, before having like just an isolated rain head. I did a shower and they installed a rain head up above and I went back a couple months later. It might have been a year later to finish up some other work on a different project. And I was like, how do you like your rain shower head? She's like, I use it like once. <laughs> She's like, it's the really cool. But it's off. like the practicality of it is like, eh, I use the shower head. I was like, oh, okay. They look awesome. Mm -hmm. I love the way they look. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm drowning. I mean, I feel like mm. it's honestly like the first time that we did like a waterfall hike. I remember mm -hmm. this vividly. Mm -hmm. And I had like these romance movie ideas of like standing under the waterfall, you know, and like Little Mermaid <coughs> or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not what that feels like. I mean, it feels like bullets on your head mm -hmm. and you feel like you're drowning. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel in the rain shower. Yeah. Like this is no part. Of, it's like, mm -hmm. no part of this is fun. Yeah. I don't appreciate any of this. And then, I mean, I have curly hair. That's a game changer. <laughs> it just, it, like, you feel like a drowned rat, and then you get to look and like one, look too. Like one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lose-lose for me. People yeah. will be like, I want the Rainhead shower. And I'm like, have, 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 have you, you lived with one? one? <laughs> and they're like, no, but that's, like, the luxury well, thing, right? I think and that's I'm, just it, too, is it's been painted as a luxury item. <laughs> and it's like, no, I can get a rain shower head for, like, 200 bucks off Amazon and I can attach it to my current spout and it'll stick out, you know, two feet in my shower. Thing. And it's like, I'm just saying like, they, they've kind of been painted as like this super luxury thing when you see, mm. you know, big showers, you know. There's so many things that fit into that category. I know. So I'm so excited to talk about all of them. Yeah. But for right now, for the right money. Now we can talk about other things, but. The money. Yeah, the money part. So where did you, what do you think you want, where do you think you want to go first? Um, well, I think that in general, everybody is really pragmatic for the most part. Like everybody needs to make money. Mm -hmm. That's not hard math. Yeah. Um, it's a job. It's work. You deserve to be paid for work. Mm -hmm. um, but the ways that that both designers and contractors make money, mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's partial visibility into mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to pull the blinders off. What do you mean by partial visibility? Well, like I think that it's people expect there to be a margin on things, but maybe mm -hmm. not a margin on everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and people have a hard time with that. Like people have a hard time with me charging hourly and taking a margin mm. on, mm. on product. It feels like double dipping. And I'm mm -hmm. like, do you feel that way about your contractor? Um, yeah. Do you feel like they're double dipping? Like, yeah. explain this to me. Well, um, do you feel that way when you purchase something off Amazon? <laughs> like, it's the same thing. You're just smaller, smaller amounts. Well, but. a lot of times client will be like, well, let me supply the product mm -hmm. and you can put it in. So you're getting paid for your labor and your mm -hmm. time. You're getting paid, you know, for your side mm -hmm. of things. And I'll supply the product. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this this morning. Like I had this project that uh, the guys, we were building an entry bench. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and this thing was 
gonna be cool so we did the whole thing out of um deck tons so like a porcelain slab mm-hmm. with like a waterfall leg and mm-hmm. the whole thing had to be built into the wall with steel brackets and supports and yeah. then framed and then and then the top went on so the project manager i went to the job site and um like dude we template tomorrow mm-hmm. like this is this is not built and he was just like yeah i sent the new guy down to buy lumber mm-hmm. He came back and every single board was bowed. Like we couldn't use any of it. So mm. <laughs> we're making another run. And I'm like, that is why you let other people buy your stuff. And that's why they charge to buy your stuff. Mm. Like if I'm buying tile for a job, I'm mm. taking a margin on that. But I'm also the one that's like the tile showed up to the job site and three boxes are broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my responsibility to figure that out. Yeah. If the homeowner is like, showing up with their boxes of tile mm-hmm. and we open it up and three boxes are broken. I'm like, go mm. buy more. Yeah. And like, I, mm-hmm. We got to make this work. Yeah. And I think the hard, I think the homeowners and I go back and forth on this. I, I see as a homeowner, like where I would go like, yeah, if I can buy these materials, then I'm not paying markup on, having to do it. But I think as the homeowner, you also have to figure out what your time is worth because the time that we're spending uh, as a contractor, as the designer, the time we're spending like sourcing product and getting there and making sure it's the right product or the right amount or the quality meets whatever standards we need it to meet. um, It's stuff that the homeowner may just not know. And that's okay. That's why you're hiring a contractor and a designer to do this project. Otherwise, you would just do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think just the where people, owners, the customer gets confused is they, they forget that they're also they're not just buying my time; they're also buying my experience yes. and the knowledge that comes with that. Um, you know, and yeah, it sucks <laughs> when you get a product, you order tile and, you know, a two boxes, you know, have cracked tiles that you can't use. And it's like, OK, well, this product took two weeks to get here, blah, blah, blah. Now we have mm-hmm. to wait another two weeks um, to get more. But, you know, stuff like that happens. And whether I buy it or the homeowner buys it, like it could still happen. The difference is it's my headache and not the homeowner's headache and I can still move forward on other things or I can still, you know, install some of the tile. Like we can still get things going and, you know, just being able to do that. But I think the, the main piece that I'm trying to get across is like, they're not just buying the product. They're buying our experience when we're going to get the product and making sure that it meets whatever standards it needs to meet. I can think Mm -hmm. of, a shower that I did and the customer was like, I'm going to buy all the materials. And I was like, well, I would prefer if you want to buy the tile, that's fine. You, you pick out the tile you want, you pick out the grout color you want, buy it, I'll install it. Like mm-hmm. you just got to let me know what it is so that I buy the right things. But I would much rather buy the setting materials. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm going to buy it cause I'm going to be at the store. I was like, I was like, okay. And so they went to the store, they bought all the setting materials, they bring it back and it's a wet space and they bought mastic. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't, you shouldn't put that in a wet space. And I was like, we can't use this. She's like, what are you talking about? It's thin set. I was like, no, it's not. It's not the same thing. And I'm not going to put this <laughs> in your shower. Um, and so it was just, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you would have just <coughs> let me buy the materials, like it would have eliminated you needing to go back to Home Depot or back to wherever you bought the stuff 
so that and you would already have a shower floor in you i mean you know there were just there's just things that like you're not really thinking about it when you're like i'm gonna save a little bit Mm -hmm. of money here but now i'm gonna make seven trips to home depot because i'm not buying the right product yeah um and so I've, I've had that happen a couple of times to where now I'm just at the point where I'm like, I'm sorry, I am going to buy everything that goes underneath the tile. If you want to go down to third street and pick out your tile and your grout color, that's totally fine with me. Like those ladies down there are fully capable of helping you find the right tile for your space. And once again, that's where as like a contractor, I'm not a designer. Those ladies down there deal with tile and flooring all day. They know what trends are. They know what looks good. Like I'm more than happy to send a customer down there. Right. Like, but I am going to purchase the th- the yeah. setting materials and the waterproofing materials because you're warranting that, that. I want to use. Yeah, because I'm warrantying it. Yeah. So margins exist mm-hmm. on everything, mm-hmm. um, and that should uh, that's something that I think needs to be in that kind of contract level conversation. Mm-hmm. What the margin is I'm paying on things. Mm-hmm. Are there things that I can pull from the contract that I can supply myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and not pay that margin like mm-hmm. everything's negotiable that's mm-hmm. fine um like you're saying mm-hmm. you can pull the materials from this mm-hmm. that's cool and the, and then that headache becomes your responsibility mm-hmm. as well which mm-hmm. is you know yeah. that's part of what that margin covers is like for myself mm-hmm. the tile arrives i do a pr- i do an arrival inspection mm-hmm. make sure everything is correct because mm-hmm. that's happens so much mm-hmm. make sure nothing is broken then the tile gets to the job site we do the walkthrough with the installer again make mm-hmm. sure nothing has been broken mm-hmm. in transit mm-hmm. nothing is broke you know those are all the levels of headache that well, yeah that we're taking care of for that margin and then there's layout too like that's another thing yeah. too like you're not just going to walk through the installer and be like hey this is the tile a lot of times you're going to sit down and go like okay oh, we, we need to dry fit we yeah. need to dry fit this tile or we need to lay it out on the floor and figure out exactly where things want to go and so mm-hmm. like yes that then you're getting into like some hourly and some margin but like the margin is also helping cover a lot of just like things that you're not thinking about as the homeowner mm-hmm. um and it's it's not just and i think that's the other thing too is like margin is not just pure profit like there's a reason we're charging margin. So many things eat away at that little so, guy. I know. It's like, you know, you're paying 20% margin or whatever it is mm-hmm. on on your stuff and it's like, you know, $100 thing that's an extra $20. That $20 goes really fast. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think I think that's the other thing too is people just don't think like, "Oh my gosh, you're charging me 20%." Well, it's like I'm charging you 20%, but I'm also going to go pick it up for you. There goes $15 in gas because I have to go yep. to Ben to get it. It's like whatever it is, like there's just there's mm-hmm. so many things that play into needing to charge margin. Yeah, I've had four comp phone calls because it missed the first truck and I need mm. to get it on the second truck or mm-hmm. they were short a box and mm-hmm. now we have to like mm-hmm. there's so many, yeah. <laughs> so much time yeah. that goes into managing these materials Mm -hmm. that is outside of you know what i would charge for an hourly rate yeah um so margins exist that's like step one Mm -hmm. and that should not shock you but that can be a conversation you know what is the margin that you're Mm -hmm. charging on everything um is the margin negotiable no okay yeah no Mm -hmm. there are times where i will mess with my margin on my end Mm -hmm. um especially like if we're really close to budget, if we're really close to those things, I will take a hit on my margin to get the final product that that I know is going to, mm-hmm. you know, knock it out of the park. Um, that's usually not necessary. I mean, 
if we're if we're hitting budget or close to budget or something, I mean, typically margins take a hit when something happens in mm -hmm. the project yeah. that like we don't want to mess up or redesign the whole space. It makes way more sense for my margin to go down mm -hmm. than it does for me to invest the time mm -hmm. and you know the client the money to mm -hmm. to redesign the whole thing or yeah. to pick, to make a new selection so and there's been times where i've adjusted my margin kind of like what you're saying but like when something goes wrong or whatever yeah. it is it's a lot easier for me to reduce my margin and i think the trade-off for me is like having a happy customer mm -hmm. right i'll gladly take a little less money so that i can fix this problem by just reducing my margin Absolutely. a little bit Absolutely. because then it means they're not having to think about it it's just it's just taken care of yeah but asking keep talking for me to reduce my margin or asking for me to or negotiating that margin on the front end um communicates a lot to me about the value that you see that I'm bringing to the table mm -hmm. and that becomes like kind of a red flag. Yeah. Like this is the margin. I'm happy to have you take things and exclude things from the contract if you want to provide them yourself and you don't want to pay the margin on those things. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. But don't ask me to work for free. Like mm -hmm. that's not mm -hmm. that's not generous. That's mm -hmm. not Yeah. fostering a good working relationship. So, so then what if we're margin, so you're saying I'm not working for free, but margin is not hourly. No, but it's that management of the product mm -hmm. that I'm being asked to own mm -hmm. without compensation for mm -hmm. that. So there's like, I never charge clients for the two minute phone call yeah. that happens every day time. or what, you know, what, like yep. those minutes add or the up. text messages they that do. you're sending. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. So yeah, it's working for free because mm -hmm. the management is work mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with I said what yeah. I said. I'm gonna <laughs> so what is and I'll I don't have a problem sharing mine, but what is what is a typical margin? How do you figure your mm -hmm. margin? So having that conversation would be really different with the designers. My margin mm -hmm. on furniture mm -hmm. is different than my margin on tile, okay. for example. Yeah. So um, there's a much bigger markup on furniture. Furniture costs a lot more to, mm -hmm. to have samples of, to have space for, to have all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you talk about cost per square foot, if you're yeah. talking about a retail space, you know, that couch takes up a significant square mm -hmm. footage footprint. Like you're paying rent. Mm -hmm. on that couch basically to figure the rent on a piece of tile you know yeah. that you have a sample for or whatever is significantly different so the margin on furniture is is way higher than the margin on tile overall like if i was doing a whole home kind of cost plus contract which it's been a long time since i've done anything on a percentage base and we'll talk about cost plus in a little bit too yeah but. um if I can keep a 10% margin on a job, mm -hmm. I'm doing great. So yeah. your contractor is 20 to 30 to 40, depending 40, on yeah, the sometimes. contractor. And you're saying 10% is generally 10% is like averaging over like the things you have higher margin on and the things you have lower margin on. Things go <laughs> wrong. Like, is that what you're no, saying? Or I guess that's not right. Um, okay. Let me backtrack. My like, margin on product mm -hmm. is probably averages 30 percent 
okay. between furniture and like hard goods. Yeah. So my lowest margin is 10%, which mm -hmm. is just like a standard mm -hmm. designer discount that I would get mm -hmm. off of retail anything. Yeah. And then my steepest margins are the things that I am actually wholesaling. So I am bringing in the wholesale good and mm -hmm. reselling it. And those are at about 50. Yeah. So. And I find too, like even like you mentioned furniture, like even like custom furniture, my margin on a piece of custom furniture is actually going to be higher yeah. because I'm managing something that is custom. And if yes. it's not right, it's on me. Or, you know, like a lot of times it's coming back to me because you can't return a custom piece of furniture no. if the customer doesn't like it. So someone is paying mm -hmm. for it. It's coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can only fill your off with office with so many pieces of custom furniture that your customer doesn't like. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, I, I would look at it, too, as like things that are one of one or one of a kind yeah. or one of a few, yeah. um, those things are going to have a higher margin on them than like me going down to third street flooring and I buy the tile for you, like hard goods like that. A lot of times that's 10% for me mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, it's a really easy, like easy thing to get. They're mass producing it. Like there's, it's one of many. Yeah. Right. And so that's generally how I kind of look at margin a lot of times is just like, okay, how hard is it going to be to get one and two, when it's here, like, is are there more of these? Like, mm -hmm. if this comes to me broken, is there another one I can get, you know, in the same time frame or quicker? Um, and if not, if it's a custom piece, yeah. you know, that margin is going to be higher. So I basically, and this is, like, contentious, and I might not do this this way forever, but I cap whatever my margin is is capped at retail. So I okay. never want my clients to pay more than retail. Mm -hmm. Most designers don't work like that. Yeah. Um, I just feel weird about it. I don't mm -hmm. know. I feel weird about you overpaying or paying me more for something that you could, that you, you could buy yourself. Yeah. Um, and even saying that it sounds like maybe I have some <laughs> like, mm, that might be a mental block because mm -hmm. that's not the way the rest of the industry works at yeah. all. Like, the client is going to pay more than retail for like framing materials because mm -hmm. you're going to take a margin on framing materials. Yep. Um, Most of the time, like I don't even get a discount. Like no, I go down to the lumber right. company, like there might be like a one to 2% decrease in price for me, but like I'm, yeah, I'm right. still putting my margin on that. So most designers don't work like that. Like mm -hmm. most designers is it's retail plus that 20, 25%. Mm -hmm. Um, off of mm -hmm. or on top of retail prices and mm -hmm. again that's for the management that's for you know all of the things that go into procuring a household full of yeah. things and then managing the installation for that and and all of all of that stuff so um so i'm not n normal in that i cap my margin at retail mm -hmm. but that's where i'm at today and mm -hmm. that's and that might change, but that might change, but mm -hmm. that's, that's what I have been doing. Mm -hmm. There's margin on everything. And then the way that people work is different. Mm -hmm. So even the margin, um, like the profit or yeah, the margin that I make on things is not the same thing as the cost or fee for the services rendered. And mm -hmm. that's true for both designers and builders. Mm -hmm. So margin is separate than service fees, I guess. Yeah. It's really easy too for a contractor to divide those two, right? Because I have materials and I have labor, mm -hmm. right? The labor for you is going to look a little different than probably the labor for me. I mean, it's still, 
because you're generally you're not installing anything generally speaking as the designer no not true oh teach me Mm. Um, so if it's a whole house project, then I am definitely installing all of the furniture, all of the artwork, all of the soft goods. That makes sense. Making beds. I have loaded drawers with silverware, Mm -hmm. you know, like installing. Yeah. And I guess that's where I, 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 I switched it. Like when I said labor, I meant like the act of building something, which is, yeah, yeah. So I totally get what you're saying now. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm not saying you're less than me, but <laughs> was, I mean, that was my big, got my hackles up. I, no. just, I, just, I just want you to know that I might be, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just saying I have a little tool belt. I mean, I it's full little... of like command strips, but <laughs> just glitter tape and command strips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I want, I want every homeowner to feel magical when they walk mm-hmm. in. And like one of those dumb multi-tool screwdrivers where you can change. Uh-huh. The six in one, 12 yeah, in one. That's yeah, yeah. all I got. Yeah. <laughs> that's all in your tool belt. That's <laughs> it. All I need. And you got a little pink handled hammer. No, it's like a ball pain hammer. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. dear. I'm sorry. I fully believe that you can build things. I just, I apologize. I'm sorry. Don't, please forgive me, Brittany. <laughs> no, I got real fast with it. Yes, I do. Install beds. Thank you. <laughs> wrestle mattresses. You wrestle and I want credit the for mattress it. Mattress wrestler. And I, I mean, that is a real thing. Yeah. Especially when you get into some of those mattresses. They're like 300 pounds. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. It is. You put your whole body weight whole into CrossFit that. CrossFit workout. You can throw out your back real easy. Liability, man. Liability. <laughs> Okay. okay. Sorry. So we have established that you build things. You make things. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Please. The way yeah. I'll just go. The way designers work looks different. Yeah. So and really that depends on the services that you're that you're rendering. Mm-hmm. So there are a ton of designers that are doing online cons- consults. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. fast design. Yeah. Um, which I have never dabbled in i have never done Mm. um it's something that i'm looking at because it seems like you know a great way to spend a day and really knock something out Mm -hmm. as opposed to these really long relationships with clients Mm -hmm. um so if a designer is putting together just a list of specifications like here's your space i have dimensions here's the furniture that will Mm -hmm. work here's the artwork that will work Mm -hmm. here's the products here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect that designer is charging a flat rate for okay. those services, and I would expect that that's kind of the only type. A flat hourly of, rate? No. That, okay. Like a package. Okay. Like a living room mm-hmm. is five thousand dollars or whatever, and here you go. Five thousand dollars plus material or whatever. Well, that would be not. I'm not specifying. Oh, I'm okay. not buying anything. Okay. This is Got a it. list of like. Here's the link. Mm-hmm. You can purchase this for yourself from mm-hmm. this website. Okay. <clears throat> So you're just paying the design fee for the space that you want. Essentially and there's the consult no, and the design of that space. Yeah. And okay. there's no hand-holding through that process. There's mm-hmm. no, oh, this is out of stock now. What do I do? Like mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something that's negotiated in the fine print of that contract if mm-hmm. you go to purchase things and things mm-hmm. are out of stock. Yeah. But the biggest reason, that, that's the biggest reason that I don't do that. I'm like, this could drag on forever because yeah. nothing is ever in stock two mm-hmm. minutes from when I decide I want it. 
Well, it's so, never in stock and <laughs> and it's or it's back ordered or right. you know right. you're waiting six months for something. So I don't know how those details work. Okay. Um but that is that's like the only service that I could imagine being a a flat, flat rate. fee for. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna do this for you and this is how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Um there is a move in the design industry to adopt more flat rate type services, Mm -hmm. mostly because um, what you were talking about earlier, you're paying for my expertise. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to design a living room Mm -hmm. for somebody, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty good. No, I'm like, (laughs) it's not going to take me very long. No, I get it. Um, Number one, I'm familiar with products. Mm -hmm. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I'm already familiar with all of these things. Mm -hmm. I've seen and troubleshot these issues Mm -hmm. so many times. Um, understanding, you know, just the basic things of what's going to work, like path of travel and how much clearances and all yeah. of these things that come from feedback over years and years and years, yeah. have, having done so many. Um, so there's this expertise built in that means that I can work a lot more efficiently than somebody mm-hmm. that's fresh out of design just school or out. just starting yeah. out. So um, if we're it, charging it, hourly... Mm-hmm. You know, that person that's got way less. less experience is going to make way more mm-hmm. than somebody, in theory, unless that rate is adjusted. I was going to say, which, which, uh, which I think, what is the, have you found is like the rate variability of like someone that maybe is starting out versus someone with 15 years experience. Is it like a $50 an hour to a $200 an hour difference? Yeah, I would or, say that okay. actually is okay. kind of the variation, the variable yeah. that you'll get. I work right now for 150 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the rates around Central Oregon, where we are, mm-hmm. go up to about 200 okay. to 250, depending. Yeah. Um, and I, I've talked to other designers too, and they've they've ranged anywhere between like 110 mm-hmm. is kind of the lowest I've seen that I've talked to, to yeah, like 150, 175 is kind of what I've what I've found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of that. You know, billing for my expertise is built mm-hmm. into that hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I can see where a flat rate fee is mm-hmm. going to, you know, the amount of hours it would take me to design that living room mm-hmm. for $5,000 or whatever the rate is, mm-hmm. is going to look a lot different than the amount of hours it's going to take somebody just setting out to design that living room mm-hmm. for $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's asking the question, like, should you be paid less because you have more experience and you're faster? And the answer is no, you shouldn't be just because it takes Mm -hmm. a newbie or someone with less experience 40 hours and it takes you 10. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't make, you know, an appropriate amount of money, whatever, whatever that 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 number is. Mm -hmm. And so. So the reason that I bill hourly mm -hmm. and will likely continue to bill hourly Mm -hmm. is because there is no way to predict how many hours a client is going to need. So, um, well, and you're doing, I guess I would almost say, I don't know if boutique is the right word, but you're, you're really into the process with all of your clients. Yes. You're because you're not doing the online thing. You're not, you're not doing like zoom calls and like consultations that way, which I could see some of that maybe being more like package rates. You're, you know, it's a, it's a defined amount of time. Right. Right. Whereas what you're doing, there is no defined amount of time. It could take a year, two years to finish a project, Absolutely. depending on what they're doing. Yeah, and 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 depending on the client. Yeah. Um, I would say that's the biggest variable mm-hmm. of the things that I do. So, mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, I've been, I've said, you know, I can design, I can produce, Mm -hmm. I can handle, you know, 20, 25 projects at a time. That's not, that's not crazy to me. Mm -hmm. If it's just the specification of product and developing a functional plan, Mm -hmm. how many clients can I manage at a time? That is a real, there's a real cap on that. That's a very different question. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So is that my project load? No. Can I function with that project load? No. Can you handle 25 clients at one time? No. No, No, I cannot. How many clients do you like to have at one time? (sighs) One. No. Um, (laughs) Well, that would be nice. but. I think my ideal number at one time would be like 10, nine or 10 okay. would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be, you know, everything would be spaced at different phases I was of say, they're the all gonna, process. They're not all, do you not have, you don't have nine or 10 people all starting at the yeah, same time. Right. Yeah. No. Um, that would, you know, and for me that would look like a year of work. Like, mm-hmm. If I'm working with 10 people, I would assume three are finishing up. We're in the middle of three. We're, con- you know, con- starting three, starting three and, and that's mm-hmm. kind of spread yeah, the workload really, really nicely. The next stage. To, yeah, yeah. So that initial phase is really client heavy, mm-hmm. meeting heavy, proposal heavy, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Managing the project in the middle um, is a lot more work with subs, with contractors, with Vendors, yep. less client heavy. Finishing up again is pretty client heavy. Um, mm-hmm. Making sure everything has come together. That mm-hmm. installation, hard, hard work. Um. <laughs> You're walking around with the blue tape. Yeah. I hate And my glitter that. pen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's another like pretty intensive, heavy kind of workload. So mm. that would be kind of the ideal project mix. Um, mm-hmm. The most I've managed at one time is 17. And that was... It was a bad day. It sounds horrible. (laughs) Well, and I just think like, because I don't usually have more than like that I'm working with at one time. I'm usually only working with like three to five clients at a time. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I have, you know, I have the project that we have that we're started or we're currently doing. Yeah. I have one that we're, you know, we're finishing up, we're moving on to another project. So I'm communicating with both of those customers and I'm communicating with the customer after that because they're usually picking out finishes or we're starting to order materials and get things done. So I'd say like the most I have at one time would be like four, you know, like if I'm depending Mm -hmm. on how, how uh, fast projects are going to be. And I would say that that makes sense. Like, cause my load would be doubled because I'm pre-working with people Mm -hmm. like way before, We've involved a contractor mm-hmm. for hard pricing and all of yep. those things. There's that that mm-hmm. pre phase, and then the after phase would be you're done. The house is built, mm-hmm. and now it's my job to throw up glitter all over it, I yeah. guess, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Shoot glitter everywhere. I don't even like glitter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just because you're a designer. I I'll all own designers it. use glitter. I'll own it. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, so as far as like for me. When I think about margin, that's something that I'm always, I'm I'm not going to say I'm scared to talk about, but like my margin can be pretty high sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really just depends on what it is. So like if you look at my guy, my hourly for my staff, for my guys, my cost, you know, let's just, we'll say my cost is, you know, have two guys on your project for two weeks or whatever it's going to take. I'm paying $75 an hour. For those two guys to be there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's just what it costs me. 
right. is $75 an hour. So my margin on guys is 50%. I'm, yeah. I'm charging one, you know, essentially 150 an hour for those guys for two weeks, eight mm-hmm. hours a day, you know, to be there, which a lot of people, they're like, $150 an hour, which I know for you, your hourly rate is 150 My hourly rate, if I'm just going to be managing a project and running a project, is $150. Mm-hmm. So, um, so labor for me is the most expensive piece of anything, and it's yeah. going to have the highest margin. But that's also where people – that's also where I found the most fight, not so much in material – um, but more so in labor because they're watching HGTV or they're watching whatever it is and they're like, I can do this. And I'm like, well, if you could do it, <laughs> then I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. Like either you don't have the time to do it or your wife doesn't want you to do it is ultimately yeah. it's like, which I've had that conversation before is the wife is like, you can't do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, um, so that's where I found like, the biggest, I guess, hiccup or like the biggest point of contention a lot of times is the hourly rate that I charge for labor. Um, and I think people, yeah, when they see that 150 or when they, when I say like, you know, cost on this is because I have people ask me and I don't, I don't hide it from them. Right. If they ask me like, well, how much are you paying for labor? I was like, well, it costs me $75 an hour. Um, that's just for the guys. Like that's not fuel. That's not insurance. That's not, you know, um, mm-hmm. That's not my time to like manage them and schedule them. Like that's not, you know, mortgage or or rent or whatever it is. Like right. All of the overhead, all of the overhead that comes from that, you know, bookkeeping, um, just all the things that they don't think about. It's like, yes, I'm charging one fifty an hour, but I am not making that extra $75 an hour. Like that doesn't go into my pocket. That would be so nice. It would be nice. I would love if I was making 75 bucks an hour, that'd be great. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, so anyway, that's, that's kind of been the conversation that I have to have a lot of times with customers is like, it's like, I know you're seeing this, you know, 150 number, but that doesn't mean that I'm making 150. And I honestly try really hard. I, this is part of the reason that I've grown slower than maybe some other people. Um, is because I want to hire the right guys at the right pay. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in hiring guys. I, I do think that there are a few like $15 an hour tasks, but I don't think there's that many. I think most of the guys that you're going to bring on your, on well, your team. I mean, McDonald's is hiring at 20 bucks it, an hour right well, now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so we, we don't need to get into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my guys, they make a livable wage or what I think is a livable wage and like, they're okay with it. They're still here. They like it. Right. They like the paychecks they're getting. Um, you know, and I, I try to pay them well. So, you know, that's kind of been a, why I've grown slower, why I don't have more guys working for me is because I'm trying to hire good people. Well, that, yeah, that brings up a whole business management thing. Like, I mean, when you hire the right people, Mm -hmm. you're adding to your income, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not an expense. It's, I have found a person that I can offload all of these tasks to Mm -hmm. and be more productive and, manage my business better and grow in this way. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, that's like a, you know, a mental shift. Mm-hmm. But it I is. think mm-hmm. that that sets your business up to grow mm-hmm. in the right way as in opposed the long to run too. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was going with that is I just want, I just make sure like part of the reason my hourly <coughs> becomes so high is because 
you know, mm-hmm. I truly believe in paying my guys what they're worth or mm-hmm. what, you know, what they need to live and take care of their families. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which is why that margin for me is a lot higher than maybe some. Like I know some other contractors, they don't charge a 50% margin on their guys. You know, they charge a lot less. But I would also challenge the quality of their staff <laughs> is maybe not right. what I would want on my well, staff. And we talked about, you know, knowing that you're in people's homes, you're in people's spaces, mm-hmm. you're with people's families, mm-hmm. um, really qualifying who you work with mm-hmm. and who you are, mm-hmm. are, you know, basically endorsing yeah. to be around our clients and their people. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a huge weight and responsibility yeah. in that, that I think a lot of general contractors ignore. Yeah. I mean, and the reality is like e- any of my guys, I I would be more than okay with having them watch my kids. Right. Right. Like which which I think is kind of like the highest level of uh-huh. of trust, right? I mean For sure. your, your kids and your spouse, right? Which, you know, I, I feel more than comfortable having any of them in my house anytime and know that like they're good people. Like they're just they're gonna be Yeah. Yeah, they're just gonna be good people. Um so anyway. Back to margin. Uh, where <laughs> I find my material margin, it it really ranges. Kind of like I was talking before, mm-hmm. um, the the rarer the piece or the more custom the piece is, the margin gets a little higher. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, most of my margins range in between the ten and twenty percent range for materials. Um, they can go as high as forty, but that's like on a really custom piece. Like if I'm having you know, like I've I've had a, a custom piece of woodworking done that is, you know, a nice table. Um, you know, it was a nice oak table that we put in someone's living room. It was an expensive, you know, it's an expensive piece as it is. But then the fact that I also had to store and protect that for a little bit before we were done with the project, you know, that also accounted for my margin being higher because I have to, I mean, I have a storage unit that I keep things in you know, in process or while we're waiting to install Mm -hmm. them or do them. So there's some of that piece in there too, that is just like, I have to store them. Therefore there's going to be a little bit higher margin on this project. And also it took three months to make, you know, (laughs) there's Um, that. so um, the other thing too is subs. A lot of times contractors, you know, don't charge a margin on their subs or, Um, they don't charge enough of a margin on their subs. (laughs) Um, and a lot of people like, okay, like I get an electrical bid for $8,000, you know, or Mm -hmm. it costs $8,000. Well, that's what it costs to have the electrician electrician come in and do the work. That's not what it costs for me to manage the electrician. Right. Because the reality is like the electrician can come in and install things, but if they don't know what they're installing, if they don't know you know, where they need to go exactly where things are, which is where the designer, the design really comes in handy too, is having all of that stuff figured out. But like this week we did, I did an electrical walkthrough. Mm -hmm. So I'm supplying specs on every fixture Mm -hmm. to make sure the electrician knows exactly what kind of loads we need, what kind of, if we need any transformers for, you know, LED or low voltage or any of those things. Yeah. Like I'm supplying all of that. I'm also supplying all of the elevations for placements and Mm -hmm. everything is called out on where all of those go. And we have the contractor on that walkthrough because then we've got things like ceiling fans that need bracing and we've got things like heavy chandeliers because this is the weight and this needs here. So your margin on managing all of those people is paying for that walkthrough. So 
I do the walkthrough with the contractor and the electrician. Mm-hmm. So it's all all of us on site. If the contractor needs to move like venting for mm-hmm. the lighted medicine cabinet that's going behind the sink where there's mm-hmm. the air vent or, you know, all of those things, the contractor is there to manage. We got to do this, this and this, and this is my thing. And yeah. then we need more bracing here and then we need backing here and then we need blocking here and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that's where your margin's coming from and managing all of that and making sure all of that's ready before mm-hmm. the start date of the electrician and yep. making sure that you're managing those phasings and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, and then the, you know, oh, now I lost it. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that's where for managing subs, my oh, margin can, can vary a little bit depending say. on the extent of what's needed to move the project forward. You got it back. Okay, what? So I do my pre-walkthrough mm-hmm. with just the tradespeople. Mm-hmm. And then I do my client walkthrough mm-hmm. with the client mm-hmm. and explain, here's what we can do. Here's what we can add. Here's where you can have outlets. Here's mm-hmm. where you have to have an outlet. How do mm-hmm. we hide it? Because it's ugly. Or whatever, you know, yeah. all of these things that th- we have talked about where I have then workshop solutions for the owner, mm-hmm. like this bathroom we've got a slab backsplash and i need the outlet that has to be in the backsplash mm-hmm. to not interrupt this you know gazillion dollar beautiful piece of quartzite yeah so come up with solutions for that ran that by the electrician take that to the homeowner make sure they're okay with these solutions and these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. then i go back mm-hmm. <laughs> with all right here's the plans here's the sp- so there is so much management in mm-hmm. these subs. Nobody is just showing up and, and doing it. Yeah. Doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um like there is there is no such thing as I, I mean, I guess for a production builder. Yeah. Um Yeah. I can see that. Where there it's is no more fixed cost. Customization on anything. Mm-hmm. But everything that 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 we're doing mm-hmm. is specific to the home and specific to the client. Mm-hmm. So there's so much oversight that goes into yeah. that's where the margin is. Yeah. There's no fixed, there's no fixed costs when it comes to doing a remodel. Like there's no, st- and what I mean is like, it's going to look different every house that we do. Yeah. Um, there's no package. There's no deal. package. Yeah. Your it's new like, kitchen, yeah, this electrician, package a. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people are like, well, how much is the electric electrician going to cost? I was like, well, it's going to cost either 5000 or 15000 I don't know. We're going to have to find out when we get into this because, you know, I can't see through walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what's under there. Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've opened up a wall and people have just left raw live wire behind the wall. And I'm just like, which is a relatively simple fix. But it's also a pain in the butt because now I have to bring in or I have to, you know, bring this to the electrician. He's going to have to trace it all back, figure out where it goes. Like it's not, yeah, it's not just a standard, you know, a standard package deal. This remodel is only going to cost you $27,000 and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it could cost you much more <laughs> than that. It could be a variable. <laughs> I could spend $20,000 on, electri- on an electrician. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, all I was trying to say is like my margin a lot of times, depending on the electrician or depending on the job, can range anywhere from 30 to 50%. It just depends on how extensive my job is to make sure that um, things are moving forward. And that's also one of those things where like you talked about like adjusting your margins. Um, sometimes it's like a lot of times like I may set my margin at, you know, 50% because I think it's going to be a big headache. 
and then it's not, and I can reduce my margin. I think that's the other thing too. We talked a little bit about it last week, but it's like people are afraid that like the number there is exactly what they're being charged when the reality is I try really hard to guess high because I would much rather hand my customer a bill that's $5,000 less because of this than to say, oh, I miss, I, yeah, I should have charged you more money. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's just one of those things that allows like having a little bit higher margin also allows me to then give the customer grace and help and you know when things change or things are easier not as just tough as what we kind of predicted because i can't see through walls um i'm able to adjust that a lot easier and just say well actually it didn't take that much of my time and it cost the electrician was significantly less because of whatever it was and so i think just having that flexibility allows me as a contractor to do my job more effectively and provide the customer with you know, ideally, uh, just a lower cost in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. So designers typically work either on this package price or, um, an hourly rate. There is a margin on the things that we sell you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's, I have in the past, especially on big, big projects, done a percentage rate of the total project. So those are jobs usually where I was doing the project management. So okay. I was the one managing basically the general contractor representing mm-hmm. the client. Um, so like two times I can think of where I just charged a flat percent. So whatever the job came in at, oh, I yeah. did a I percent on top yeah. of the total job cost. It's a $100,000 job. You know, mm-hmm. then you and would I have think a it's safe of... for people to budget that way. Like a designer, mm-hmm. you know, the number of like ten percent of the total project mm-hmm. is a relatively safe budgetary thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do a hundred thousand dollar kitchen remodel, expect mm-hmm. that the designer fee is going to be about ten mm-hmm. on top of mm-hmm. that hundred thousand dollars. Like mm-hmm. I think it's that's a safe way to budget up to a point. Yeah, like if we're building. Like a four and a half million dollar home. You're not making four hundred thousand dollars. No. <laughs> yeah. But um but I think that's a safe way for renovation projects, mm-hmm. pro- probably. We could yeah. say that to to proceed. Um contractors I know of kind of two different ways, two different pricing models. So there's the hourly fees and the labor costs and the margins are kind of all built into two different models of building something. Either there's a fixed contract mm-hmm. fixed or cost model. Yep. a cost plus model. Mm-hmm. And that's typically what you will find with builders. You want to talk about yeah. those? Yeah. So a lot of what I've done uh, has been fixed cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not, I've done some cost plus and I'm starting to do more cost plus because as things get more expensive and as in remodeling, it's really hard. I've just found that it's really hard to have a good fixed cost number on a lot of things because it's so varying based on the project. Um, but essentially a fixed cost number is where I'm going to hand you, you know, say we're remodeling your kitchen and it's going to cost $70,000. Like that's, that's the number that I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. It can vary from there, but generally speaking, I'm saying that like I can do all of this work that you are asking me to do for seventy thousand dollars. 
um, and you're contracting that number, your contract, you know, you're contracting $70,000. I'm saying I'm going to provide materials, you know, these materials, and this is the labor cost and it's relatively fixed. So you have a, you have a number to base it off of. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like the difference of a fixed cost versus cost plus would be, I'm still going to give you that rough number. Like I'm still going to do my best to give you a general number. And this is where on a bigger project cost plus makes more sense. Um, smaller projects, it's a lot easier to do a fixed cost, whereas on a big project, you're in a whole home remodel. That's mm-hmm. where the cost plus model comes in and, and actually can make things a lot easier. But a cost plus is where I'm going to give you a general number, but then typically monthly um, or kind of whatever I've worked out with my customer, I'm going to present all of my receipts to that customer, I'm going to say, this is what I've spent this month. This is what our labor costs were this month. So this is the cost for the project this month. So it doesn't have any overhead in there. It doesn't have um, any yeah, any markup on that stuff. This is just the cost. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say what we agreed to was a cost plus a certain percentage. So and that that's where it can be. It can vary. Um, you know, some contractors, it used to be like a cost plus 20 was really common, was a cost plus yeah. 20%. Uh, that, uh, I'm just going to be completely honest, 20% is not really enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the cost of everything, with all the overhead and managing your employees and just all that sort of stuff. This um, inflation we got on. I know, inflation is real. <laughs> and uh, people don't like to admit it, but it's, it's well, very it's real. Well, the and, overhead has skyrocketed. Yeah, exactly. And so where I'm finding now is I'm landing a cost plus... 35, 40, um, I have not gone cost plus 50. I just, I have a hard time. Like I have met a couple contractors that are like, yeah, you know, all of our custom stuff is a cost plus 50%. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're getting into super custom things where you're doing a custom built home or, um, you're doing a, not a, you know, a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollar remodel, but you're doing a $500,000 remodel on a home. That's where I can see things getting really custom and needing to increase that plus that percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my stuff kind of falls around the cost plus 35 um, for, mo- for a lot of stuff. Because I'm doing, I would just say I'm doing smaller projects than a lot yeah. of other contractors. So, um, yeah, uh, when it comes to, say, like a bathroom remodel, um, and I guess I'm, I know that you can spend $150,000 on a bathroom remodel. Mm-hmm. But in general, the clientele that I have worked with, the average bathroom remodel I'm doing is right around fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, um, which would be a master bathroom. You know, it's it's basically a surface remodel with a custom shower. Right, is what it is. It's not we're not moving anything. We're not like we're not adjusting. We're not increasing the square footage. We're not pulling walls. We're not doing anything. It's you know, we're gonna get you new flooring, new paint. You're not gonna get a adding new... a separate water heater for your car wash of a shower. Exactly. You're not doing <laughs> yeah. a car wash shower. I'm not doing for a car wash shower for twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> no, but it's gonna be flooring, paint. Um, you're gonna get a semi custom vanity. Um, it may not be fully custom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're gonna get you know countertop, new countertop, and you're gonna get um, a fully custom shower for the most <laughs> part. Like. You know, with, with there are some parameters in the custom shower, but when I say custom shower, I mean you're going to get a tile floor, the you're going to get tile walls. Yeah, the your, footprint what fits as opposed to yeah a five foot shower pan exactly that we put in there exactly. And so that's where 
that's where fixed cost is a lot easier um, for me to look at a project and go to hear the scope, basically walk through the project with the customer. Um, you go, you know, they say, hey, I want to, you know, I want to make this shower. It's currently sitting a, it's a currently a three by five shower. I'd like to extend it out this way because we have the room mm -hmm. to extend it this way. And, you know, I'd like to move this pony wall, which which to me, like, that's not really moving a wall. That's more so just making the shower a little bit bigger. Um, I'm not removing a structural wall, right? I'm not removing a wall between a bedroom and a bathroom or a closet and making it the whole thing bigger. Um, so that's where I can look at a project a lot more holistically and go like, okay, I know based on other projects I've done, it's going to fall in this range. Barring anything that we find, and there's always a caveat and a fixed cost. Like there's, that's why there's a contract created, right? right? There's always a, 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 a disclaimer the in there that says like, hey, this scope. is a fixed cost. But if I go to remove your shower and I find that the subfloor is missing underneath, or you know, whatever, whatever it may be, there's right. black mold. It's completely, you know, it's been leaking for years. Like that's going to be an additional. Mm -hmm. But barring any of that happening. Like this is what you're going. This is what you can expect to pay. Yeah. And smaller project, it's a lot easier for an experienced contractor to walk in and go like, okay, this is a ten thousand dollar, you know, remodel. We're doing a fiberglass shower pan. You're gonna get some tile on the walls, um, new flooring. You know, a, you know, generally a stock vanity. Um, you know, which you know can vary a little bit. But yeah, it's just it's a lot easier on smaller projects for me to walk in to do that and. And that's where that's where it becomes like the difference between like a surface remodel versus a um, like a full on custom moving walls, you know, moving your reconfiguring you know, on a kitchen, a yeah, space. reconfiguring your kitchen or bathroom or whatever it is. So that's kind of how I have managed fixed cost versus cost plus. As I've moved into some bigger projects, I have fully embraced the cost plus model because. The, the truth is I'm still learning on a lot of those big projects too on what exactly things are going to cost. And I'm, I try to be very upfront with a customer and I say, Hey, like I have done projects similar to this, or I have done, um, maybe not this project as a whole, but I've done each of these components separately. Mm -hmm. So I can give you a general number on what each of these components are going to cost, but what we can find behind the walls, I can't do that. Or I can't, you know, really give you a solid number on, you know, bringing all of this together until we do it. And so that's where a cost plus model has really helped me because I've been able to say like, hey, this is what we've spent so far. This is what things have cost. And, you know, we right. can move forward from there. Yeah, I think the cost plus gives the homeowner the illusion, at least, of more control. Mm, yeah. Um, so... I think that as long as, you know, obviously in that case, that plus, that margin mm -hmm. is discussed agreed upon, them. discussed, agree, you know, mm -hmm. that's not a surprise. Um, but it really lets the homeowner feel like I'm paying for what I want and everybody's mm -hmm. making money and everything yep. is great. As opposed to this, you know, um, reality mm -hmm. where you agree on a scope, if something comes out, it doesn't come out at a one-to-one -one ratio. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, that's just, I, that's just, that's a fact. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the homeowner, f you know, knows that, feels mm -hmm. that, feels like they're being taken advantage of yeah. a little bit more, I guess. Um, 
I mean, some of that is just inescapable. Like you have the electrician there. There's like the cost of doing business. There's the cost to get that person there. Mm -hmm. And then there's the cost of the services. So, you know, the electrician is already there and we've agreed on this scope and you just removed this, this and this. It's not coming out at 50% of that agreed mm -hmm. rate, mm -hmm. you know, because their cost of doing business, their cost of being there and showing up and yeah. all of those things is, is the, you know, lion's share of that budget. Yeah. So for them to remove like 50 feet of wire, mm -hmm. you've saved yourself $4 or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like you've yeah. not, you, you've eliminated scope, but you're not eliminating, you know, cost yeah. necessarily at, at by the time we get to that point and that's where i feel like the fixed cost model that was really kind of the industry standard for so long mm -hmm. um that's why maybe people felt like they were being taken advantage of because there was just a lack of understanding about the nuance of mm -hmm. the the way that people charge and the way that yeah that those things work mm -hmm. um the fixed cost model contracts that i've seen are not advantageous to the client when um, you come in under budget or when the scope changes, basically. Like, yeah. so the way that, you know, one builder that I worked with really closely, we got a really good idea before contracts were signed mm -hmm. of selections and what the client was going to want and, and got kind of hard number bids from... Mm -hmm from subs based on the scope. So all of those numbers go into the contract and then that margin gets added on, mm -hmm. that plus. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say then we go to make selections and they're like, you know what, I didn't really, I've changed my mind, I didn't really need to gild the room in gold. Um, I'm fine with, you know. Copper instead. <laughs> subway tile or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. we didn't need this big custom thing. We're going to down the size here. So, you know, great. Okay, you're going to get a credit back because our budget was based on the allowance mm -hmm. was for this type of product. Yep. Um, you know, like maybe you built your allowance for quartzite in the laundry room and mm -hmm. instead we've decided that, just uh, manufactured quartz is fine or mm -hmm. formica, whatever we're yeah. doing. So you get your credit on the product difference. Yep. You do not get a credit on that margin. The margin. So the margin was built on mm -hmm. this huge mm -hmm. budget number mm -hmm. and the contractors keeping that and their profit just went up. So mm -hmm. on a cost plus, mm -hmm. you get to see that the contractor's yep. still making their money, but that grow, you know, mm -hmm. that changes with, Mm -hmm. the scope as you change it. So I think that's where the clients feel a little bit more in control. Yeah. Um, I appreciate just the total transparency of a cost plus model. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that it makes everything really, really easy as a mm -hmm. designer. Mm -hmm. If I'm working with a client um, on a stone selection or something yeah. for an exterior, I don't have to worry like, I don't know if I'm supposed to show them prices. I don't know if I'm yeah. supposed to, you know, like I, sure. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I don't want to step on mm -hmm. the contractor's toes with their margin and the way they're doing business. So I just love the idea that like I can get a bid, I can get a number, mm -hmm. here's what it is. And remember, you've got your margin to tack yeah. onto that. I think too with fixed cost, um, I've had trouble with sometimes feeling a little slimy. And I don't mean like like I'm taking advantage of the customer. I just mean like there's times where a project comes in under budget or like they, they chose a different appliance mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And then like with the margin, you know, my margins were set. Like you're saying my margins were set at this 
you know, for this more expensive product. For this and expectation. Now, for this expectation, mm-hmm. now it's been lowered. Like, I have a hard time just as a contractor being like, okay, I'm still going to leave my margin the same. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with the fixed cost, I'm finding what I do like about it is exactly what you said is it's all out front. It's here it is. This is this mm-hmm. is what everything costs. This is exactly what you chose yeah. and what it costs. There's no markup on that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to add my 35% or whatever it is. And it's all very transparent. And I've just found that it just, it makes me, I can sleep better at night with the cost <laughs> plus model. Well, Not that I was taking advantage of people right. before, but it's just, there's just things where you're like, okay, like I bid this project at $25,000, you know, it only costs, you know, ma- maybe materials came in at half as much as what I thought, you know, or whatever happened because things, things change. Well, right? especially there for a while, it was like playing the stock oh my market, gosh, you know. It was ridiculous. So, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Not, that's not wrong. I mean, there was a project that I I bid I bid materials on at twenty two thousand dollars. Okay, this was for a big deck, big Trex deck. Bid it at twenty two thousand dollars. They're like, okay, that's great. You know, we're you know four months out from doing the project. Um, by the time I go to purchase those things, you know, like the month before, the price had actually gone down by like fifteen percent. Right. Which is yeah. a big deal on, you know, twenty two thousand dollars. And so it's like, OK, well, you know, this is what they agreed to. But now I'm only spending this much. So mm-hmm. guess what? They get a credit, which is great for them. But, you know, it's still it's just one of those things where you're kind of like, OK, well, you just don't know what materials are going to do when you're waiting on a project or when you're ordering things. Yes. You know, you sign contracts six months before you actually start the project, mm-hmm. which just makes things fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> That's um, why I don't like doing those packages. The other thing, too, with... We can talk about change orders. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is with cost plus, you don't really have the change order problem um, that I have found. Uh, okay. So I, I guess this is because most of the time, you know, that change order, maybe the scope has changed, but it's not that, like... When I have a fixed cost, so $25,000 for a bathroom, you know, they want to change it from a normal shower to a steam shower. Well, there is going to be a change order cost on that. And that change order cost is going to be more expensive because I have to buy, you know, maybe I bought certain materials for doing a regular shower, but now the waterproofing needs to change mm-hmm. because there's a very different in the waterproofing product that I use between doing a regular shower and a steam shower. Mm-hmm. I have to buy a more expensive product. Therefore, it's going to cost you more, not just for the product, but you've also paid for this other product already. Yeah. yeah. That I can't return. Right. And so it just, that's where kind of like the fixed costs becomes a little bit of an issue, or that's where change orders become a little bit harder, become more expensive, I guess, in my mind. Now, that doesn't fix it with like a, fi- uh, a cost plus. If I've already purchased something, you know, then that, that sucks, kind of sucks for them. Yeah, because I can't return it, but um, they're able to just see, I guess, in my opinion, they're able to see a little bit easier, like, okay, this is what it costs. And then I'm still putting that uh, 35 percent or whatever it is on top Mm -hmm. of it. But it's not necessarily an increase in me charging more just for the inconvenience. Just a fee, like a flat change order fee. Yeah. Um, Because I've been around builders that do it two ways. I mean, obviously, if the owner determines that the scope needs to change Mm -hmm. they they pay for that like you don't get to change lanes and yeah you know get that for free um but a lot of contractors 
charge just a fee to to it's totally designed to which discourage is, which is usually double the hourly change orders yeah. like or at don't, least that's what i've seen don't don't do it mm -hmm. don't change your mind mm -hmm. um oh you change your mind now i'm gonna charge you three hundred dollars <laughs> an hour for this section of the project yeah well no. i've been around just where it's a flat fee like mm -hmm. any change that you make mm -hmm. after we you know, demo commences, basically, mm -hmm. there's a flat fee plus the cost of doing business. Like mm -hmm. you're paying for the new things and the old things and whatever can't be returned and all mm -hmm. of those things. Plus you've just, there's a fee every time, mm -hmm. every time you want to sit mm -hmm. down with me and add your changes. Yeah. Um, which again is probably a big difference between like a production builder and a custom builder. Like yeah. I feel like custom builders, that's just I feel like that's just part of the building process which regularly is, which is why like being a remodeler it's hard for me like with the change order to have that um especially because the realities and conditions of the house are going to dictate a lot of exactly. kind of mid-swim changes exactly like, we're in the middle yep. of this and mm -hmm. we didn't know that this was framed like this mm -hmm. and we can't do what we mm -hmm. thought or which, which there's still going to be charged the appropriate hourly, but there is not an additional fee right. for that change order on top of it. Mine this week was um, I had drafted this whole fireplace and I had imported the model, you know, the computer model from the company's website, mm -hmm. plopped it in, did the thing, drew the things, dimensioned it all, handed it off the company sucks and their model was not correct. So they've got this box, like the fireplace insert on site. And they're like, dude, this doesn't fit. Like this is not what's on our plans. Yeah. And I didn't double check it like a, like a chump. Mm -hmm. So I had to change the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> and that's one of the like, mm. so I really mm -hmm. messed up. Um, mm. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but see, then in that case, like you're not charging them a change order fee for that. <laughs> that's like, well, and I think too, like that's where people are like, well, when someone messes up, who pays for it? It's like, well, generally it's going to depend. Like if you tell me something wrong and I build this structure based off of the information that you have given me and we've agreed to, mm -hmm. and then it's not what you really wanted or it's, it's different than what you wanted, then that is going to be on you. But if I, you know, screw up the measurements on a fireplace or whatever it is, like, that's me. I'm eating that cost. Yeah. And I'm going to end up eating the cost of my time to fix it because it's ultimately not your responsibility or not your fault that, that I screwed up. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, I've, I've talked to some contractors where they're like, yeah, I've messed up, but, you know, I just, you know, I charge them for, you know, whatever it is that I said we were going to do. And then I add a little bit more for, for my screw up. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I, that I agree with that, but that's kind of just every contractor no, does it a little differently, which is unfortunate. Every person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that I, I that's terrible. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I probably eat too much like oh i know i yeah because i end up like this was all me this mm -hmm. was me forgetting mm -hmm. 101 type of stuff yeah. and going too fast and not double checking the measurements mm -hmm. um that's on me and thankfully in this case the homeowner was like yeah that's it'll be fine 
Like mm-hmm. your proposed solution is great. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, I am 1000% eating that fireplace. The owner <laughs> like of the it is coming to my house. <laughs> Because I just can't. Hey, Chad, did you... uh... (laughs) You know how you talked about wanting this? (laughs) And I got a Christmas present for you. (gasps) Also, I can't pay myself this month. (laughs) No, it's... That's... mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't like that. No, and I think, too, that's that's the nice thing. I don't know. I'm going to say nice thing about remodeling is... Generally speaking, the customers are very aware that things, and I, this is what I will say is that HGTV has been good for. <laughs> is, is that emergency phone call? Is that call emergency in the phone call? Of the episode? Yeah. yeah. What like, are we going to do? Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> I think people have just come to understand that remodels are not perfect. And that helps me too as a contractor be like, hey, like, I know we talked about this, that this was a possibility. Guess what? It came to light. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you do Here's have mold. There is water damage. There is, you know, whatever it is that we have to fix. But I also going to say, I think that's the difference between an exper- experienced and inexperienced contractor is being able to kind of walk the customer through the things that can happen mm-hmm. before the project starts yeah. and say, hey, I just want you to know we're dealing with a water space. When we're doing this bathroom, water can be anywhere. Right. And just saying that I hope that it's complete. Everything's dry, but you've had this crack in your tile or you've had this crack, you know, whatever um, that may that may actually extend beyond just the surface of the tile. So just being able to kind of walk customers through and say, you know, this is what this is worst case scenario, what to expect. And this is worst case scenario, what it could cost. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the project and you're able to tell them, like, hey, you know, you know, this was a lot better than we thought. Like I've, you know, you know, I've done a couple projects where they're like, oh, my gosh, we had huge amounts of water damage. And uh, this bathroom, I'm just finishing up like a huge amount of water damage, like the floor had swelled and, you know, all this stuff. It's like we're going to tear out the whole subfloor. Mm-hmm. And it's like I get into it and I'm, you know, they're already, you know, talking about having to replace the whole subfloor. And I get into it. And I'm like, oh, no. You guys are good. We just have to replace this underlay. We just have to remove this underlayment. Everything yeah. underneath it is fine. Like, you know, just but having the experience to be able to prep the customer and say, like, this These could happen. The could These are the things into. that we could run into. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like I was saying, HGTV has helped a lot with that because, I mean, there's never an episode of Fixer Upper or whatever you're watching. That is where, the climax of the I episode. I know, where something goes wrong. This beam is too short. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I guess we're making the whole house smaller. No. Um, Here's one option. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I just, I think it's helped being a remodeler, just having people have understood that like their houses aren't perfect and things go wrong over the years or whatever it is can happen. And whereas like new construction, it's just all expected to be square and perfect and plumb all the time. <laughs> from who? Well, from the owners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this wall is three degrees. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we, um, <sighs> paying for multiple trips of subs. I talked about it a little bit, just the cost to get them out there to do the job. Um, yeah, and I think that's related to like change orders. Mm-hmm, it's yep. not just the new fireplace is $4,000 more than the old fireplace. It's, yeah, but we had this whole timeline built. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> where everybody was coming in phases that made sense. Yeah. And now we have to wait for the new thing yeah. and we have to get the guy out here again. And we have to like the cost is not a, you know, easy little transfer. Yeah. It's usually exponentially more, more mm -hmm. than if we had got it right the first time, mm -hmm. usually. And um, and and there will be like even with the fees, even with the whatever, there will be times where it's like where it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I will all encourage all day long, like mm -hmm. pay the fee. Let's get mm -hmm. it. Let's do it right. Mm -hmm. um, and there will be times where it's not where mm -hmm. the client will come up with like, oh, we just think we should shift the whole fireplace over so that we can have a bigger window here. And it's like, mm -hmm. not worth it. It yeah. is not worth it. It's not worth the $20,000 that you're... Yeah. yeah, that is not the way that I want you to spend your money, well, friend. And, uh, yeah, and I think, too, with that is a lot of times customers, they're like, oh, yeah, you're just moving it over six inches or, you know, three feet or whatever it is. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're right. It is just moving it over three feet, but you're not taking <laughs> into account everything that has to change now because we're moving at three feet mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is that you're doing like they're in their head it's a lot more simplified than it actually is yeah um and i think that's where yeah kind of discussing like i don't think it's going to be the best bang for your buck to do this which brings us yeah. to next week's episode uh hopefully next week we're planning to talk about guess remodels and projects and just what is the best bang I'm for your buck learning all of this right now no we talked about I this. mean I, do I it's remember in the notes do I remember no no <laughs> uh so yeah I just want to say thanks for watching us did you have yeah. anything else you want to say I didn't mean to cut you off but I just figured we've no. been going for like happy a long time times happy times happy times talking money okay great so Join us next week. We're going to talk about just bang for your buck, kind of what to look for. What are the best upgrades to make to your home? Um, yeah, you're going to get different answers. You are going to get different depending answers. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah. If there's like a mystery third person in a room, I'm going to include a realtor. Okay. Because I disagree with 98% of what realtors <laughs> tell you. <laughs> so join us next week. If you guys have any questions, um, you know, definitely comment those. Um, if you have any design questions, certainly hit us up. We'd love to try and bring that into the discussion. Um, and maybe you'll get some free design tips from Brittany. Um, <sighs> That's invaluable. Or we'll send you a bill. Um, <laughs> link your credit card information below. Um, anyway, yeah. like, subscribe, leave us five stars on Yelp. And uh, <laughs> just don't don't do Yelp. Uh, uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys Yelp next time. Yelp for podcasts. Yelp for podcasts. <laughs>